2.57 left. Purdue calls another timeout to stop the clock. It's kind of hard to imagine, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, really, I mean <laughs> at some point, I appreciate you want to get a few more snaps in this football game, but... They are on defense, right? It's not like Purdue's on yes. offense. Yeah, they are on defense. <laughs> Only thing I can tell you is that with them continuing to call timeouts, it's not going to take us very long to get to the hotel. You're saying that this stand is empty. Out. Yes. <laughs> ball is tipped and intercepted. Second time tonight that a ball has been tipped at the line of scrimmage and intercepted. And now you see why they burnt those timeouts. And Holly Rowe, let's go down and check with you. Well, guys, we're kind of joking around. Why is Purdue calling timeouts on defense? But I really respect what Brock Spack's doing right now. He's been talking to his defense saying, let's worry about this series. He's coaching all these substitutes because who knows if they're going to have to open up this competition. So what message does it send to the kids if the coaches give up? Got to respect Brock Spack for continuing to coach his kids down to the last minutes of these games. Holly has not given up. It's 49 to 21, sweetheart. <laughs> A great one, arguably one of the greatest college football voices that ESPN has ever had right up there in a tier with Keith Jackson and, some. I mean, one of the most famous announcers ever for college football and University of Mississippi graduate Ron Franklin passed away this week. We are very, very sad here at Tales from the Tailgate, so just wanted to play a little bit of... Uh, him as we intro the show and uh, take one last shot at Holly Rowe on his behalf. Um, with that, going to welcome in Bo and Alex. We are missing Auburn Matt this week. Um, heavy hearts as we open the show today. Love Ron Franklin. Alex, I know you're a huge fan. and You got to see him uh, longer than I did, but really one of our favorites is gone. and We're very, very sad uh, to learn about his passing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for those of us who grew up in the South, and I think that's most of us who are affiliated with this podcast, he was the voice of Saturday night. Um, growing up as a kid, you sat by the TV just waiting for Ron Franklin to come on and you know talk about the little barbecue place and the high schools that were around there. He knew everybody. Um, truly shaped the way that I always wanted to call games, uh, truly shaped the way that I judged uh, other commentators. He was he was a beacon for me. Um, so losing a guy who I really, really looked forward to hearing every week. So rest yep. in peace, Ron. Great guy, great asset to Mississippi and Ole Miss, and a funny guy. Always had a great sense of humor and always knew – uh, always knew the exact right things to say. Always a fun time listening to Ron. Um, Bo, I know you didn't know too, too much about him, um, so we don't have to go too much more in-depth into it if you don't want to. But, Bo, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, I guess. Uh, I always love a Mississippi guy, an old Miss guy. It's uh, it, Ron Franklin seems like maybe he's a little bit before my time. Uh, 
and and her Wikipedia doesn't necessarily always know just the right thing to say. Uh, but uh, you know, I'll take y'all's word for it since I don't really have the the background to comment. Um, so no, I'm I'm doing well here in Philadelphia. It, it was kind of a boring wild card weekend, but really hoping that the divisional round will look a lot better and excited to get talking about it. How the how the week turn out for you on picks? I, I'll go first. I went six and zero. I think you probably already know how I went, given that you brought it up in that way. But I went, I think, one and five. I actually didn't know. You texted us. Uh, you texted us part way through the weekend and said that it wasn't going well for you. But I did not remember <laughs> your picks. I did know that they differed from mine usually. So. What was the one game that I, we picked uh, uh, together? I think it might have been the Cowboys losing. We all picked Kansas City. Um, okay. I missed every other game. Oh, man, you picked the Cowboys? I picked Dallas. I picked the Rams. I picked New England. I picked the Eagles. I picked Arizona. And they all got smoked, man. It was such a boring week of wildcard football, too, but I know we're going to get into that. Alex did pretty well, but you guys probably colluded on your picks or something. We definitely no, did five not. and one. Five and one, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm disappointed in the way Arizona just absolutely pooped a brick. Uh, but other than that, I was dead on absolutely everything. So you know, feeling riding this heater going into the divisional round. Let's go. Yeah, I think that's pretty much you know the vast majority of what we have to talk about this week is NFL playoffs. Like we said last week, we're going to get into you know transfer stuff and NIL stuff for college football, but that'll be a little bit down the road. We have you know obviously NFL playoffs kind of take precedent uh, right now, and who knows how long transfer portal stuff can go to? I, like June or July is like the deadline for that, so these classes aren't going to be finalized for. For quite a bit, uh, so we can focus on the NFL for uh, for the next few weeks and not feel too bad about missing out on some college football coverage. Uh, who was it? Who was the only other person um, on ESPN? Alex, you told me to go six and zero. Was it Mina Kimes or Laura Rutledge? It was someone, no, it was Kay Adams oh, on on Good Morning Football on NFL Network. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kay Adams is one of my favorites, so good to be in the top level. Along with her, she was on. Uh, yeah, she was on the Pat McAfee show this week. What? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. have to go back and watch that. Go one. back and watch it. It was a great interview. That had to have been Monday, right? I believe it was. Wow. Um, it was a great interview where she announced that she's, you know, technically on the verge of becoming a free agent. So she is breaking news right with the Pat McAfee show. Uh, definitely need to go check that interview out. You know, she kind of went a little unbuttoned and just kind of let it fly. So it was it was refreshing. It was awesome. But she's always good, and so is McAfee. Yeah, uh, someone needed to call me or text me about that if Kay Adams is, is on Pat. Like, I'll have to go watch that. Okay, let's go through games last week. Uh, we'll just start with the uh, we'll start with the Bengals and the Raiders. 
Uh, one of the more interesting games, I guess the only you know, really, really close one. Cowboys made a comeback in the 49ers game, but it was pretty much dominated by San Francisco most of the game. So Bengals-Raiders comes down to the last drive. The officiating crew will not be asked back to work the rest of the playoffs this year. And it ended on a final play interception to end the game. Uh, and Bengals pull it off 26-19. to 19. Vegas goes home. Joe Burrow and the pro LSU Tigers move on to the divisional round. Yeah, huge win for Cincinnati. First time that anyone has ever been able to send a text message about a Cincinnati Bengals playoff win. The last time they had done it was a year before the text message was invented. So big time, big time win. The city of Cincinnati getting game balls. Zach Taylor going into the bar. This, It is so refreshing to watch this team. I, There's no better uh, young core of talent, no more exciting young team than the Bengals right now. I, I, and I don't think it's close, but there was also a big asterisk on this win, and that's Jerome Boger and just the deny, deny, deny you know, to the death that you screwed up. And just, Bo, you had to have been going nuts from a legal standpoint watching this letter of the law just be absolutely disregarded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so 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 the first thing I want to say is you talk about the young core in Cincinnati. I think I agree with you, except maybe I think Buffalo can maybe be more exciting than the Cincinnati team. But I agree. Uh, I think Burrow looked really good. Um, Jamar Chase has always looked really good. Super excited to see where they go. I don't think they make it any further this year, but I do think uh, they'll be back and they'll be back often. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel bad for the Raiders in this one. Frankly, I think they should have been able to ultimately pull it out. They really got hosed. Uh, I don't know that there's that much more to say about it. Um, I say that Cincinnati doesn't ultimately put points on the board there. I mean, they're still in striking distance. It could They could have just replayed that play and gone and scored again. Yeah, I mean, look. The Raiders lost it earlier. The Raiders lost it with turnovers. If you turn it over twice in the NFL to zero, that's that's a recipe for disaster. But uh, at the end of the day, I think other than those two plays, they outplayed the Ra- uh, the Bengals. They had more yards, and so I think it just all adds up when you put that all together. I I'm not going to take like a big firm stance on this one. I would love to, so we would have something to debate. But I'm. I'm probably just not going to do it. Uh, there is a, a doctrine, what you're referring to, the doctrine of uh, of harmless error. And so, you know, perhaps we could just point to that. Okay. <laughs> Some games, I mean, yeah, when you turn the ball over, like you said, though, not much more you can do. Let's go to a game where absolutely nothing could be done on Saturday night. We talked about this coming into the game, and we thought it would be low scoring. We thought that the weather would really play a factor into it, like that Patriots game early in the year in the blizzard. I 
think it was it was projected to be three degrees at kickoff final. I don't know what it was, but it was in the single digits. And the Bills absolutely throttled the New England Patriots. Maybe this takes away a little bit of the Josh Allen skepticism about playing outside in the cold late in the year or in the playoffs. Maybe he's gotten over it. Maybe he used up all of his juice in, in one go at it in the wild card round. But the Bills take down the Pats 47-17. I didn't want to you know go too far on the on the rookie QB angle with Mac Jones and having to play away in his first season at Buffalo in those elements. But and he didn't have a he didn't have a terrible game. But I don't think there was any way that this Pats team was going to beat the Bills, no matter who was playing quarterback, unless it was maybe Tom Brady. Probably weren't going to beat. Probably weren't going to beat the Bills this year. No, you can't. You can't put this one on Mac Jones, and it wouldn't have mattered if it was still Tom Brady. This was, uh, despite being ultimately a boring game, one of my favorite games to watch for for two reasons. The first is you already said that Josh Allen silences any Josh Allen haters, and I will admit that I have not had not bought in on Josh Allen before this. A good friend of the pod texted me right after this, bringing back up a uh, old debate we had had about Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen, uh, where I had taken the Lamar Jackson side and just wanted to know if I wanted to reassess. And I will say it's hard not to reassess after the kind of dominating performance that he put forward. And it's why I will say you can't put something like this on a Mac Jones. I think they, they scored in every single possession that didn't end in a kneel. That's unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen that. There that is a good performance. There was a wild stat that I saw today that it was the Bills are the only team to not punt in a three times in a four game span. Wow. Wow. Like that's unheard of. In professional football, like just one punt, they punted once in four games, and it wasn't the playoff game. Yeah, Dang. this team is hot at the right moment. That's and they're and they're good. And this is Alex on the last. You said Cincinnati's got the most talented young core. I would absolutely point you to Buffalo. You look at uh, the guys they got on this roster. Got an old Miss grad, Dawson Knox, carried in those first two touchdowns. He had a great day. And then they've got some older guys, Diggs, Sanders. But I think you look at the core of this thing, Josh Allen um, and the guys around him, this team's going to be here for a little while. And this team has the firepower to go to the distance, maybe yeah. multiple times. The Bills are going to be a problem for the next six, seven years. Uh, if they can keep this group together, uh, they are poised to make another couple Super Bowl runs like they did in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, they they are as talented, if not more, than those teams right now. Uh, you look defensively, they scheme amazingly well. Offensively, Josh Allen can do it all. You have one of the best receivers in digs. It's Pick your poison. You know, what as an opposing defense do you want to try to stop? 
you know, you're ultimately leaving a huge, huge liability out there. Uh, if you try to go too much to one side and that makes you uh, stick more into base coverage and not disguise as much. And it just lets Josh Allen pick you apart, which now he's doing. He's matured so well as a passer. This is, I was very bullish on the Bills last year. I had them getting past the Chiefs and going to the Super Bowl. I think I was a year too early. And I think this is a year that they take that next step. I'd like to see yeah. it. I was right there with you, right there with you last year as well. Like, I was very high on the Bills. Hopefully this year it happens, and by no means am I a Bills fan, but that's just who I'm picking, so want it to happen. So this game was, it was seven degrees. I wonder what the record is for receivers, like different receivers, to get a completion in a game where the temperature was in single digits because Josh Allen completed 21 to 25 to nine different receivers. That's got to be up there. Nine different. That has guys. to be the record. Yeah. It's got to be, be the up there. Wow. But it was a perfect QBR, right? Had to be 21 of 25, five touchdowns. I think, yeah, it's like a one it's like a 156.7 or whatever it is. That's a perfect passer rating, yeah. Who was yeah. it that got the passer rating of like four a few weeks ago? <laughs> oh, God. 150, yeah, 157.6 rating. That's the that's the highest you can get, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about, Rob, and I can't remember for the life of me who it was. Yeah, well, they're they're not a story anymore. They are not in the playoffs right now. Uh, let's go to Tampa, where the weather was much nicer than Buffalo, and the hometown Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Philadelphia Eagles 31-15. to Business as usual for Tampa Bay. We all thought, well, I guess Bo didn't. Bo didn't think that... Uh, <laughs> That Tampa was going to get it done. I, that wasn't me making fun of Bo. I said it, and then I realized that Bo went one and five, and he only hit the Chiefs. So most of us were pretty solid on Tampa Bay defending Super Bowl champs at home in sixty-five degree weather, taking down the Eagles. But uh, I, I was one to say I thought Philadelphia was going to at least cover. It was the biggest spread I think of. Uh, any uh, of any game in the round. I think it was eight and a half when we recorded the show. I don't know if it moved closer to game time. Uh, but Eagles lose by 16. Uh, Alex, this was just business as usual, just like just like you said, just like you wrote in our notes. This is another yeah. one where I don't think I really have that much to say on it. This is what everyone expected. No, it's Champa Bay. The Tampa Bay Gronkineers. You know, you knew exactly what was coming. And, you know, for them to go up 31 nothing, and then just pull the foot off the gas and say, all right, we're good. Let's rest up. It The 15 garbage points that the Eagles scored mean nothing. Uh, the 31 that the Bucks just – now, here's the other thing. Maybe the Eagles were complete frauds because they got smoked by the Cowboys, who we will talk about here in a minute. Uh, 
and yeah, the Eagles were resting some guys, but maybe there was, you know, real signals out there that this team just wasn't good. And Tampa, they are. Look at all the experience on that team. Everybody coming back from the Super Bowl run last year. It's hard to see them getting overthrown until maybe Lambeau. Well, I don't know. I mean, so so there's a few things. I don't think you can read too much in to this win. Yes, it was easy. Yes, they just dominated and they dominated a playoff team. But this is an Eagles team that I think they went one and eight against teams with winning records this year in the regular season. So one and nine after the Tampa Bay loss. Uh, Jalen Hurts, frankly, like to me, you can explain the entire game on the way Jalen Hurts played. His passes had no oomph to him. He made bad decisions. He was taking too long to make those decisions, which just made the bad decisions even worse when he finally made them. Uh, to me, like honestly, the biggest takeaway from this game is more what you were talking about with the Buccaneers kind of taking off the throttle a little bit. This game ended a lot closer than it it should have. Uh, and and Tampa Bay just looked bad in the second half. I'm sure that's fine. As you said, they've been here before. They kind of know how to handle it. And, and maybe that's all by design. Let's not read too much into what the Eagles are. And let's not read too much into what Tampa Bay did by beating this Eagles team by 16. Man, there were only nine offensive plays that Jalen Hurts was not directly responsible for. So I'm just saying, like, handoffs. So Boston Scott got one carry, which is a 34-yard touchdown. Miles Sanders Miles Sanders got seven, and Kenneth Gainwell got one. Everything else was Jalen Hurts' pass or Jalen Hurts' rush. And when you're not having a good game to start off, you're not going to do too hot. And he was throwing into, like, triple coverage. He was throwing to... To, he went to Goddard over and over and over and over again, even when guys like Devonta Smith were open and his timing was so off with those guys. I have been a, a Jalen Hurts truther, I think, on this pod for a while. Um, I'm maybe coming off of it a little bit after watching a game like that. It's just if you if you in week, what is this now, like week 18 for them, week 19, don't have that timing down with those key wide receiver pieces, maybe it's never going to happen. I was actually working with someone this weekend. I actually filled in for Alex this week. So I was Alex for, uh, well, one and a half days until Alex got back from a wedding in Tampa. Uh, but there is a Eagles fan who, who works uh, side by side with us and has always been, you know, giving us shit, uh, this year because the Eagles have the Dolphins first round pick, but he was telling me about Jalen Hurts and how he loves Jalen Hurts so much and that he's great for the team and he's a great leader and he loves the way that he you know carries himself in the locker room and on the field, but he just says that he wished that uh, they could have like the talent of, I don't even remember who he said, but he just, he just needs to, well, I guess you can break it down to he just needs to be better on the field, but he, he loves every single thing about him, 
but he wishes that he could trade him for like the talent that like a Matt Ryan was or something like that. Oh yeah. He's got the intangibles. Um, I think he's as best as anyone in the league at the intangibles, but the arm strength and the quick decision-making is just not there. They've got three picks in the first round in the draft, but the problem is like, if you don't feel confident that you can build around him, then you have to think about at 15 taking like a Matt Corral or somebody like that. And that completely changes, I think, your overall draft strategy and rebuild strategy. So it's it's a tough spot. You don't want to be rebuilding from uh, getting eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. It's a really tough place to be. But they're not going to make the Super Bowl with this roster. So I don't know what else you do. I mean, if you don't have Jalen Hurts in there, I mean, I don't know what Minshew would do, but you're probably not even making the playoffs at this point with that team if you don't yeah. have Jalen Hurts. So you might don't, you might want to build around it. Don't doubt Gardner Minshew. I know I don't I don't want to. <laughs> but there were some games, Bo, like you said, it wasn't against great competition, their wins, but Jalen Hurts had some good games and he makes it look interesting. I mean, you you definitely would not be running the same type of offense that you are. You would have to come up with an entirely new offense if you have uh, Minshew in there compared to Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what you do about arm strength. Like you might just not be able to teach that quick decision making. That's something where if this was if he was a rookie, maybe you're like okay. But I think he's coming into what his third year in the league next year now, and you're starting to think, well, he's been here for a minute. It's time to start to figure this out, or maybe he's not going to. Maybe he's not going to be the guy. And with that arm strength problem, it's even more important that his timing is good and his decision-making is quick. If you're making slow decisions with bad arm strength, that's a big, big problem. Alex, how was Tampa? You were there in the morning. You got out before, way before the game started, but you were there, you know, day of game. You see a lot of Bucks things going on around? Yeah, the day before, uh, right before the wedding, we went out to Sparkman Wharf where we're sitting right out there on the channel. And, you know, there was a pirate ship that was coming by, uh, shooting off a water cannon, you know, just getting ready for tailgating the next day. Everybody was wearing a Bucks jersey. It was, it was kind of impressive, actually, uh, to see everybody turned out and just pre-gaming this the day before. So, yeah, it's we were right next to uh, the Lightning Arena. The Lightning had a game that day. Everything was go Bolts, um, which I absolutely despise. But, no, it's it's turning into a really nice little sports town where everybody is passionate and they do. Oh, what a time. What a time for Alex to drop off. Uh, he knows it too. Yeah, he knows it. Uh, well, Chewy. I, no, I think this was even too good for us to cut out. I think we just keep going. <laughs> do do we just go to the next game, or do we? Yeah, let's let's go to the next game. Everyone will enjoy this. Uh, so let's go. <laughs> let's go to Dallas, where San Francisco dominated essentially the whole game. They were up by ten. Um, 
No, I'm sorry. They were up by uh, 16 going into the fourth quarter, and they almost blow it. They gave up 10 points to to Dallas in the fourth quarter. Dallas, the most penalized team in the NFL, 14 penalties. You say two turnovers, mm. Bo, affects the game. 14 penalties might get you. So that helped San Francisco run out the clock. Oh, I think we have Alex back. He made it back. I swear you do this on purpose. We we do not. Of all the time this that it's is, taken to get you back and the time it takes to this edit. Is, this is all a conspiracy theory. Just to started by you. a running gag on the, sh- on the show here. All right, well, we moved on to San Francisco. Good. We were just talking about a 23-17 win. 49ers gave up 10 points in the fourth quarter to give Dallas the slim hope of coming back, but I was just telling Bo, Cowboys, the most penalized team in the NFL, 14 penalties on the day is not going to win you a lot of football games. And then we see, you know, the end of the game with uh, the Cowboys trying to spot their own ball, which I don't know if I've seen that before <laughs> outside of like Pop Warner, but uh, they thought that they could just spot their own ball. I, the Dolphins would have had a lot better years if you're – if you were able to spot your own ball, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> but Dallas falls short. Jerry Jones calls it. Uh, he said that it was like the most heartbreaking loss that he can remember. Right. He came out and said something that it was just a devastating loss, at least in like the last 20 years or so. So Jerry Jones, heartbroken Cowboys out of the playoffs. All of us. I don't remember what Auburn and Matt picked, but I think the rest of us picked San Francisco, right, Alex? I know I did. Not the rest of us. Oh, yeah. Well, I think Bo is just uh, <laughs> excluded from these conversations for a moment. <laughs> yeah, no, this was writing on the wall, and we talked about it when you said, look, Mike McCarthy is terrible at time management, and there's going to be a way that Dak Prescott loses this game for Dallas. Both of those things happen. You know, so it that this was the easiest game for me to pick, you know, really last week, uh, other than the Chiefs rolling on the Steelers. But you know, you also knew watching that game as it started coming down, Jimmy G is gonna Jimmy G. And you knew the pick was coming. You knew the turnover was, was gonna happen, and it did. Every, you could not have scripted that more according to what we've seen all year and how it went down. Discipline, clock management issues with Dallas, and just stupid. <laughs> Unbelievable. The Cowboys, the Cowboys are stupid. I, let's finish that thought for him. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, he 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 got it pretty much right. I don't have a lot to add on that. Uh, I don't think that was the intentional play call at the end there, unless you're telling me that there was some Mike McCarthy interview or something where he said it was. Uh, but Dak's got to get down at least three to five seconds earlier on that play. Just get it, slide. The 10 yards are worth less than the three seconds. Um, 
poor decision making goes hand in hand with all the penalties. And yeah, San Francisco needs to be worried about that closing out ability, but I don't even think that'll be an issue against Green Bay. I don't think it will ever uh, they'll be in a position where they even need to to use that skill. So I think Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well against the 49ers in the playoffs. I'll have to check that, but I think I saw that. Hey, maybe it wasn't the Cowboys' fault. This is the fifth straight year that the sixth seed has beaten the three seed in the NFC. So, hey, maybe Dallas wow. just got the maybe Dallas just got the rough draw. But yeah, that's Cowboys suck. That's about all I have to say about that. <laughs> They've got to be the worst twelve win team. Oh, I in agree. a while. Yeah, and they play in the NFC East, so that's six wins right there. Should be six. NFC wins. beast, man. Yeah, we made fun of it all of last year, but it still stands. They got to play the Eagles. They got slightly Twice. better. They got slightly better, and we have Alex back. Hopefully, ah, great. Let's go to the Steelers and Chiefs, and I expect to hear a lot from Bo on this one because this is the one that he picked. This was I his, nailed it. This was his game as the Chiefs double up the Steelers, 42-21. They send Ben Roethlisberger out. We joked last week that it didn't seem Ben Big Ben had a lot of hopes for this game, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's done. Uh, 42-21, Chiefs move on. I can safely say that everyone or all of us saw this one coming. So, Bo, take it away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a lot to say on this one. There was a clearly superiorly talented team, as Ben Roethlisberger even told us ahead of the game. Uh, it looked interesting there for a bit, um, but once the Steelers kind of got over their skis, trying to make. Patrick Mahomes looked bad there at the beginning, that interception, and it's uh, and it was all downhill from there. There were two quick turnovers in that game. Like Kansas City wanted the Steelers to hang around. Yeah, it it looked for a bit though after that, like like Kansas City might run away with it, sixty to six or something. But um, you know, alas, forty two to twenty one. We'll call it close. I think the relative talent levels of these squads. Yeah, you you keep it close in the first, scoreless in the first, and then Chiefs bounce back with twenty one in the second. It wasn't going to be long until they warmed up and woke up and took over. He, I think out of the uh, five games that we've covered, I think on four of them you said, ah, there's just not much to say about that, and that goes with uh, what you were saying at the beginning. Like it was a relatively boring, boring week. week. It, I felt bad. I mentioned it on the last show where I was like, I feel bad picking chalk like the entire time. And so that's why, well, part of the reason why I had to take the 49ers you know, along with a few other Dallas related reasons. But uh, yeah, uh, otherwise it was straight chalk, I think um, for everybody. And then Alex, do we have you back? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, all right, well, in the limited time that we have Alex until his third drop, Alex, lead us into the Rams-Cardinals game. This is the game. This is the one game that you missed last week. Rams 34, Cardinals 11. Cardinals just did not have a strong finish to the year, and you know that came true 
away in the playoffs as well as they drop to the L.A. Rams. Yeah, and it goes back to, you know, the last, obviously this year, where Cliff Kingsbury's Cardinals lost six of the last eight. Last year, I think they lost five of their last six, and the year before that, they lost four of their last five, all to peter out at the end of the year. In this game, it looked like one team wanted to be there. The other one didn't. And that's the real tale of the tape here is L.A. came in prepared. They came in ready. And the Cardinals didn't. It's as simple as that. Not just that Kyler Murray had a bad playoff start in his first you know, playoff game like you saw with Jalen Hurts. I guess the only you know, real good first playoff performance was Joe Burrow. But and that's to be expected, but that whole team, it just they looked flat, they looked defeated before they even started. It was time to turn that game off early. Yeah, and I did. Um yeah, yeah, twenty one nothing at halftime. There's not much to watch at that point. Uh sort of just underscored the entire slate. Um, and it's one of those things too, where, where you look at the the stat line for this one and there's not, there's not like a single thing that jumps out. They were just bad across all aspects of the game, like 3.4 yards of play. That's just not going to cut it in a wild card round game. Oh, for nine on third down, um, seven penalties, two interceptions. They only held the ball for 24 minutes to to LA's 36. Like it was just, they got beat at every aspect of the game from the first snap to the last snap. Um, yeah, it, it just is what it is. Uh, I'm not ready to crown LA on it. I'm not ready to say that LA was that good, but. I mean, Arizona really surprised me. So it definitely, in my mind, notches L.A. up a bit because I do think this Arizona team has talent. I'm just not sure what went wrong. I mean, because it was everything. Everything went wrong. You want to hear something crazy? Look at Cliff Kingsbury's record as a head coach. And we'll go back all the way to... um, to his first year at Texas Tech. His total win-loss record in the first seven games of a season is 42-20-1. The rest of the year after game seven, he is 16-43. and 43. Not a second-half second coach. I guess people figure it out after a little bit. In his three years in the NFL, in 2019, they went 3-3-1 three, three, and one to start the year, 2-7 and seven the rest of the year. In 2020, 5-2 to start the year, 3-6 and six the rest. And then, I think this was actually his best year, 7-0 and oh to start, and then 4-6 and six to end the year. So maybe he's getting a little bit closer, but Cliff Kingsbury does not seem to be a second half of the season head coach, dating back to 2013. So that's all we had for the past week for those six wild card round games. 
Let's get into the divisional round. And Alex has been nice enough to include the spreads on these as well. So the Bengals will travel to Nashville and take on the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee minus three and a half. Uh, Some of us might need the help, so let's not pick against the spread this week. Let's go. uh, Let's just go pick at Moneyline, um, just like we did last week. As much as I want the Bengals to win this game, Derrick Henry's allegedly coming back. I think he practiced, you know, today the 19th when we're recording this. He had full contact in practice. So I think he is good to go. As much as I want Joe Burrow to move on, there's no way that the Bengals beat Tennessee at home right now, right? Agreed. Tennessee was my Super Bowl team, my Super Bowl pick, and I'm sticking with that through the first weekend. Give me Tennessee. Rob, I couldn't agree with your sentiment more. And everything tells me, pick the Bengals. But I learned from myself from last year, picking the Bills a year too early. Titans get through. Money line. I don't know about the three and a half, but I think I think that's probably dead on. I, Titans at home. Ryan Tannehill will let them down, but he'll let them down next week. No way. I'm taking Titans spread even. This Titans team is so good and they get so underrated. And this is giving away a pick for uh, later on, but you know, there is 100% chance that next week I'm going to take the Bills over the Titans. That's going to be my pick. Oh, yeah. Titans aren't oh, getting yeah. to the Super Bowl. Uh, but let's do 49ers. Whoever wins that. 49ers Packers. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is 0-3 all-time against the 49ers in the postseason. This should be the year that it turns around. They get him at Lambeau. Green Bay minus six. I'm taking Green Bay. I know two friends of the pod that are going to be at Lambeau this weekend watching the game. So I can get some live updates from them as they're there. But it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Green Bay all the way. They're just so much more talented than this 49ers team. And that was on display last weekend, too. Yeah, I like Pack big. Rams at Tampa. I think this is probably going to be the most interesting game of of the week. Is Tristan worth playing? That's a big question. Because if he's out, that is a massive blow to Tampa. Especially against that L.A. front four. Man, this is a tough one for me. I really, really, really want to take L.A. I want to see Matt Stafford get through. Tom Brady needs to give it up to another old guy in Matt Stafford and let it happen. Like, let him get his chance. Tom Brady is older than all of the coaches remaining on the NFC side. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, how does this happen? I'm gonna take, like, I'm gonna take the Bills over the Chiefs, 
and I'm only going to take one one road team to win. It is hard to win away in the playoffs, so give me the Bucks, and I'm basing that solely on, just like last week, only one road team is going to win, and the Bills are going to beat the Chiefs. So I'm going to say Bucks over Rams. I I am going to follow the train of logic that Alex was already putting forward, which is that Tampa Bay team looked banged up. They didn't look that good this last weekend. They won, and they won resoundingly, but I really was not impressed with the win they put forward. L.A., I don't – look, L.A. beat a better team, and they whooped them. They beat the crap out of them. I don't know. Those um, Eagles probably could have put up a fight with the Cardinals late in the season. That's a uh, who wants to lose less game. Hmm. I mean, give me LA. Even I, I am just even I like the pick. Uh, if Tristan Wirfs is out, this is a. This is a very, very close thing for me. Um, I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady at home in the playoffs. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, as much as defensively, L.A. stacks up just the way that they can beat him, I think the Bucks defense gives the Rams some problems. I'll take Tampa at home. Okay. Last game of the week. I, I love picks because you both seem to hate your own picks. Yes. That's how you know it's going to hit. <laughs> All right. Last game of the week. Hey, it makes it uh it makes it really nice when there's only 4 games in a week. We're going to we are on record pace here. Tales from the Tailgate Rapid Fire show. I am in love with this. Don't don't slow it down. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bills, Chiefs, you already know my pick. Kansas City is favored by two at home, but nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills this year. Bills win. Patrick Mahomes goes home. I like Patrick Mahomes. I loved uh, Priest Holmes doing the intro to the game uh, last week against the Steelers and uh, banging the drum. That was super cool. Love Priest Holmes. Love those like early to mid-2000s. Chiefs teams, like one of my favorite teams to root for uh, back then. But all of that isn't going to come this week. Bills take down the Chiefs and not just send Patrick Mahomes home, but I hope that they send Jackson Mahomes home as well because he is just a terrible piece of existence on this planet. I, uh, Without commenting on Jackson Mahomes, what I'll say is I completely agree the the bills they got whatever momentum is i don't i don't know what it is but they got it that team looked so good and so playoff ready they got a lot of talent i think the bills pull it out um i i still think chiefs are the 2 seed they clearly they're freaking good i think it's a much worse chiefs team than last year or maybe the last couple of years i think the bills uh bills pull it out, maybe even crush them. Yeah, it's scary that we're all in agreement, but there's just something about the Chiefs team that makes me not trust them. 
and Bo, since you won't speak on Jackson Mahomes, I will. Uh, I hope the Bills <laughs> send him to the South Sentinel Islands off of India, where that tribe that has not encountered anyone shot that uh, missionary on the beach with the poison arrows. Drop his ass off there. Uh, that's that's how much I'm hoping that the Bills absolutely throttle the Chiefs. Even though I really have nothing against the Chiefs, I just think that this Bills team is ready to make a run. Hey, don't don't dance on the memorial of of Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor, no, that, you are mm-hmm. that hits extra no. home in South Florida. You don't do All that. Right. There's a lot of I can disavow that. I'd probably say ninety nine point nine percent of people you should not dance on their memorials. So. There's a very, very small group that you probably could and get away with it. All right. That is that is it. We've recapped the week. We have picked for this coming weekend. And then uh, I'm not sure what we are doing for for the final thing here. Alex, are we doing uh, are we doing an Alex Mad Lib? We are doing an Alex Mad Lib for the first time in a long time, but in honor of the divisional round of the playoffs, uh, let's go in and let, let's put the Mad Lib together here. So, Rob, I'm going to start with you since I don't know, Bo, if you were here for the last time we did one of these Mad Libs. Uh, I'll throw out something. You bring it back. So, Rob, I think he knows the concept of Mad Libs. Concept of Mad Libs. More creative than me, though, so it's a good place to start. I'll be honest. Yeah, I, uh, I'll be honest. I don't remember the last time we did a Mad Libs, so I'm excited. I think we may have done one in the past, so this should be this should be fun. Um, so, Rob, we need an adjective ending in ed. Jaded. All right, Bo. So, a verb, which is an action word. Uh, fumbled. <laughs> I, I like that uh, you defined uh, verbs. Present tense, not so. Fumble. To fumble. Okay. Uh, T-Rob, city, uh, mode of transportation. You already knew it. City bus. He wrote I it already with, knew it. <laughs> he wrote it with <laughs> me <laughs> in mind. <laughs> That's the only way to get to Arizona Diamondbacks games. True. I met a. Oh. <laughs> hold on. I met a guy this weekend working for Alex. Uh, Alex, were you <laughs> were you back by this time? There was a guy who came up and and told us um, that he's he's traveled all over the world, um, and he usually in like Europe and stuff. Public pr- transportation is a little bit different than it is in the United States, and he told me that he took the Fort Lauderdale public bus instead of taking the shuttle to uh, to the hotel and using Lauderdale Hospitality Group transportation. Once he came down to the desk, he knew the reason why he was taking the shuttle instead of the city bus for, for Lauderdale Hospitality transportation. He even told me that, at, not knowing that I lived near Memphis, he told me that he rode the city bus in Memphis, Tennessee with a friend one time. And that it was better than riding the city bus in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So, city I do not bus. Doubt that. 
Because there's anyone between one, anywhere between one and six crackheads who have either pooped themselves or OD'd on the bus. So sometimes that's, you know, not, one does not necessarily preclude the other. I'm sorry, I just had to throw that out there. No, I appreciate that. So Rob comes in with city bus. Uh, Bo, we have a past tense verb. Past tense. Oh, so it's. You were one too early. Yeah, I was I was one too early. Uh well let's let's go with let's go with intercepted then for this one since I'm not that creative. T Rob Animal. Uh Velociraptor. Ooh, good one. There's right. there's reasoning behind that because I saw I'm guessing not everyone gets the same ads during the Manning cast, but during the Rams-Cardinals game, they were advertising for Universal Orlando, and there is a new roller coaster called the Velocicoaster, and it is Velociraptor-themed, and they call it the Apex Predator of Coasters. Ooh. Bo, I feel like you wouldn't love that, but... No. But I'm... I uh, would hate that. I'm all in on Velociraptors and the Velocicoaster this week. When you said animals, the first thing I thought of was giant sloths because I was reading about sloths that used to be the size of elephants back in the day. That's got to be a very slow creature. Yeah. But it's also the size of an elephant, so it has to move relatively more quickly than the average sloth. Um, (laughs) So, adjective ending in... N-E-S-S. Adjective ending in N-E-S-S. Yeah. Uh, let's go with wokeness. Ooh, love it. That's good. Uh, T-Rob, a place. Soup kitchen. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, noun. No, I'm getting worried. That's a person, um, place, or thing. Let's go with uh, cryptocurrency. Shout out to our sponsor. Boasho. <laughs> this, this Mad Lib. <laughs> Unwittingly brought to you by Blockville. All the Blockville's ad, ad Mad Lib of the week. Uh, Rob, adjective. Crusty. Okay. Bo adverb. First adverb of the day. Adverb. So those those define those those are like adjectives but for for verbs. Ends yes. in L Y. So we were talking about slots, so I'll go with slowly. Actually I meant adjective. You meant adjective. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was looking at another thing. Then 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 we'll go with slow. Okay. Uh, we need a number, T-Rod. <laughs> 69. Oh, God. And another number, Bo. Another number, 420. Shout out to sponsor. Vance Global. Hey, I heard today we have a renewed ad read coming right up for them uh, next week's show. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Renewed interest. Uh, Rob, so ver- past tense verb. Shat. 
the past for uh, the past tense form of shit. Okay. Uh, Bo, plural noun. Is it shat or shitted? Plural noun. Um, I mean, I guess we could go with shit. Rob, adjective. Aggressive. Bo, a verb. Present a verb. Uh, stumbled. It's going to be amazing when Alex drops off in the middle of reading the Mad Lib. <laughs> Rob, another present tense verb. So we're going with stumble for Bo. Oh, you can go with disconnect. <laughs> All right. All right, Rob. Plot. Okay. So, an adjective. Um, uh, orange. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> color. It can be. It can be an adjective. Colors can be adjectives. Do you, Do you want a different kind of adjective? Yes, please. One that's preferably uh, not a noun. <laughs> Adjective, like 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 Alex right now is wearing an orange sweater. He's wearing a blue sweater. It does have orange on it. But thanks for a great question. <laughs> anyway, the point is. Anyway, that's fine. That's fine. We'll go with a different one. We'll go with Harry. All right, Rob. Adjective. Blue. <laughs> can it be past tense or does it have to be present tense uh, no it can be past tense disgruntled ooh and Bo a period of time the paleolithic era the time that it takes you to reconnect to the show the time. Uh, right. The ten minute period that we spend waiting on Alex to reconnect. This Madeline is called My Trip to the Playoffs. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some background music to read. I should have been I should have had it played. Brought to you by Blockfills. Alright. Today I got to go to my first playoff game. I was so jaded. I could barely fumble when we got on the city bus. When we got to the stadium, I intercepted to my seat the Velociraptor-like wokeness. The opening kickoff went into the soup kitchen for a cryptocurrency, and the game was on. The opposing quarterback threw a crusty interception on the first play, and the crowd went slow. By halftime, the score was 69-420. to Our star wide receiver shat for another two shits, making the defense look aggressive. With the game in hand, I decided to to disconnect the rest of the stadium and plot with some other fans. It was hairy. The game ended, and I went back to the city bus disgruntled. I can't wait to come back in a Paleolithic era. Getting... 
getting back to the city bus disgruntled. <laughs> it sounds like like I, I've had that experience many times. Oh, <laughs> a lot of that hit. A lot of that fit like pretty well. I think. Outside of like the score, sixty nine to four twenty. I think a lot of that went pretty well. And uh, I was actually just talking about this uh, the other night about um, when uh, the Egg Bowl where. Olmes hits hit uh, Dak Prescott so hard that he crapped himself. So yeah, that that's fair too. It did make the defense look aggressive that they made Dak Prescott shit himself. So <laughs> that works too. I was a fan of the Mad Lib this week. Replacing yeah, that was the dumb good. question. Yeah, that was fun. And uh, credit to Alex, he he wrote that himself. I'm sure that he had some thoughts in mind when he was writing it as to what direction we would go, but we had absolutely no idea what the, uh, what the Mad Lib is going into that. So. Yeah, the soup kitchen, the kickoff going into the soup kitchen for a cryptocurrency and the Velociraptor like wokeness that those fit. That, was, that, that worked out well. Is Let's, that, is that very woke or not very woke? I don't know that it feels like it'd be polarized. It's, it's not, I think that's, that's not like a middle level. I think that's aggressively woke. To use like, another adjective we used in the Mad Lib, I feel like Velociraptor like is aggressive. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that was fun. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, nice change of pace from the dumb question of the week. Maybe we can mix a little, a few more of those in as we go. I've got. Uh, one thought before um, what I say to what I say to end the show, and it's there are thirty days left until college baseball, and then we can start talking about some real stuff, or at least my weekly rant on it because I think it's the most important thing in sports. But maybe more important in the meantime, next week is our fiftieth show. Wow. So we've got to come up with something special for next week's show. We, I, I told Bo that we have seized the means of production for merch. We just actually have to produce merch now. But I think a harder part is, uh, is actually getting the means of production. So we have that in-house. We have an in-house merch person, and we are ready to go. So be on the lookout for that. Wow. That's how I'm going to end my part of the show. Bo, you're up next. I love it. I I love everything you just brought up. Seizing the means of production so that we can have merch. That's terrific. That has me excited. I'm ready for that hat. I know Kincaid's been blowing up my phone looking for a hat. We, we got a lot of friends of the pod looking for hats and swag, so that's going to be exciting. Baseball's exciting. Uh, hopefully we have Major League Baseball this year. If we don't, we're going to get to talk a lot of college baseball this year. Um, we'll see what happens there. Carlos Correa signed Scott Boris as his agent today, so that's interesting news. The only interesting news coming out of Major League Baseball right now. So hopefully we have a lot of pro baseball. Hopefully we have sweet swag. Who would have thought that Looking at the beginning forward. of this show that Tales from the Tailgate would start to be vertically integrated? Wow. Yeah. Wow. We've, we've come a we, long way. We need way. to avoid 
we need to avoid antitrust scrutiny for sure with the kind of listener base we have and things like that. We need to be careful about. Well, you're our antitrust lawyer, so. I'll, I'll work on it. We've got you on staff. Alex? No. Hey, cheers to the merch line. And can't wait to do 50 more episodes like this. So let's get stupid. Yeah, it's been fun. Good Mad Lib. I did not think that we were going to make it to 50 episodes, but we are cruising along better than ever. So hats off to everyone who's listened. Thank you, everybody. And that's it for this week. We will see you in conference championship week. Bye, everyone.